Welcome to Center Scripts. Here we talk about health, wellness, and practical tips for your everyday life. I'm your host, Cami Smith. Hi, and welcome to Centra Scripts. I am here with a team from our Centra Bridges Treatment Center, and we're celebrating the 35th anniversary. When is the 35th anniversary? I guess technically it was in June. It was but, in June, uh, but we're celebrating all year long. Right. We're going to, uh, I think, have a celebration sometime in August. Oh, I love that. Okay. So as we're anticipating the celebration, we want to give you a little bit of an inside view of the history of Bridges, some of the big moments and accomplishments and amazing things that have been accomplished treating children who have gone through traumatic traumatic experiences. Um, but you all can speak to that much better than I can. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves. And we'll start on the end with Dr. John Hendricks. Hi, I'm John Hendrickson. I'm the medical director. Uh, I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist at Bridges Treatment Center. I joined Centra in 1997, so I recently celebrated my 25th anniversary with Bridges. And uh, when I joined in 97, Bridges was 10 years old and at that time was just opening its third cottage, which was known as Ivy Cottage. And uh, so I joined Dr. Sholian, the previous medical director, to uh, try to expand the census there at that time. Uh, subsequently, we got as big as five cottages and 102 beds. We're working considerably smaller than that presently. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of my story and how long I've been there. I've, I have not been there as long as these other two gentlemen, <laughs> so they can tell you more of the early history than I can. All right. Wow, early history, yes. Uh, Craig Callahan, I'm the principal of the school program at Bridges, obviously. You know, the kids live there uh, and they have to go to school there. Um, I started there in January of uh, 1990, actually working uh, in one of the two cottages at that time. We only had chimney and, uh, and cedar. And I was working third shift, working on my master's in uh, special education. And, uh, you know, I did not know that I would, I would stay at Bridges that long uh, after I completed my master's, but uh, a teaching position became available. Uh, the director at the time said, I hear you have a teaching certification. I said, yes. And uh, I rolled into a teaching position and have been there uh, ever since. Well, the rest is history. Right. <laughs> All right. And Mark? Yeah, I'm Mark Bosher, and I uh, started at Bridges back in December of 1992. But I came for a little bit different reason. I loved fishing and um I called Aaron Rooley up, who was one of the therapists at Bridges at the time, and uh, he was getting ready to leave for Michigan. And I said, do you guys have a place there? So I jumped on board and started fishing at the lake and really enjoyed that whole feature of being able to get some of my dreams met. And uh, I started as a therapist, um, doing individual therapy as well as family therapy, and um, it has been a love of my life. I've really enjoyed working at Bridges the whole entire time. I've got lots of different aspects that we did while we were there. When I started, we were just leaving from a substance abuse program. Yes. So I started doing group uh, with uh, kids that had codependency and dual diagnosed. And wow. uh, that was uh, very challenging to do that. I'd worked up in Charlottesville uh, in a hospital that treated the same types of kids as well. And um, it's been very, 
very unique in the whole process of coming on board and enjoying uh, my practice there. Wow. Well, it sounds like each of you have had a very rewarding experience at Bridges. So let's let's rewind a little bit. And could one of you, maybe we can start with you, John. Can you tell us what is Bridges for those who are watching who've never heard of this sure. before? Sure. What's some context of what the facility does? What is your sure. purpose? Well, Bridges is what we call a psychiatric residential treatment facility, um, which means, as Cray said, the children live there. The children who are placed in our facility typically have been through a lot of previous treatments uh, for various mental health issues. Um, they've typically had the gamut of outpatient treatment, intensive in-home therapy services, typically multiple acute psychiatric hospitalizations, and haven't really gotten to where they need or want to be. So at that point, they often get referred to Bridges for an extended period of treatment as a resident, living there, attending school there, eating there, sleeping there, going to school there. Um, so that's kind of what Bridges does. And as Mark already mentioned, they receive individual therapy there, they get group therapy, they get family therapy, we do psychiatric assessment, medication management, mm. we can do psychological evaluations. Um, that's just kind of the range of services that are offered. Kids do go home on therapeutic passes, uh, typically as their treatment progresses to kind of test the waters and things at home with their families. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, they do have recreational activities as well. They have outings. Uh, what else am I forgetting? That's pretty much the gamut of the services that we offer. Wow. That's pretty extensive. Yeah. And the average length of stay is about six months currently. It used to be a little longer, but right now it's about six or seven months. Okay. It's a typical length of stay. So, so many questions come to mind immediately. Like, and my, you just answered my first one. What is the typical length of stay? But would it be accurate to say that entering bridges is the, the, like the last option. It's like, we've tried everything we have been all in, and this is now the decision we need to make. Still a good option, but sure, the last option. Sure. It, it, it is one of the last kind of steps in the, in the road of, uh, if you were to lay it out as a course yeah. or con a continuum of treatment, um, Bridges is, you know, one of the, the highest level, um, tertiary levels of care that, that we provide mm -hmm. in mental health. Um, and, you know, a lot of our kids come from uh, various placements. Some of them come from families. Some of them come from foster families. A lot of them are in the foster home system. Um, some of them have been adopted and are having issues around adoption and assimilation into their families and that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, there's really a, a, a gamut of issues that we deal with at Bridges. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess one of the things I'm looking at, you know, we serve kids ages six to uh, 17, as a matter of fact, just to, you know, it's hard to believe that some kids at, at age six or seven have to come to residential treatment, uh, what they do. Um, mm -hmm. So therefore our school serves, you know, grades K to K to 12. Mm -hmm. um, we currently have four teachers um, okay. staff. Um, again, our, like John was saying, our census is not what it used to be. And, 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 uh, the early days, but, uh, you know, we've adjusted and, and the program is, uh, cause we've seen a lot of different trends in this field and, and all of our years, um, you know, 
give anywhere from 102 kids to um, the COVID unfortunate uh, time period of, uh, you know, 20 kids. Wow. What, how many kids can you house? How many beds did you said you have? It's around 40 right now, but the census has been staying in the mid twenties lately. Okay. We did get as low as uh, 11 or 12 last winter yeah. in the height of COVID. We've had uh, a few COVID outbreaks over the recent year mm. or year and a half, okay. um, which has obviously been difficult to manage as you know, everyone has had that difficulty I'm sure, in, in yeah. many aspects of healthcare and other industries, of course. And they all live together, so yeah, right. it's, it's been close quarters. Better challenge. Yeah, very close quarters. So you mentioned um, what, what? What did you call the each facility or each building? Cottage. The cottage. Yeah. So what does that setup look like? So they live in cottages, and then I'm assuming the school is another building. But what is the campus like physically? What's the experience? How many acres is it? I think we have around 11, 12 acres on Lindsay okay. Road. Yes, in Lynchburg. Uh, many people. Don't know where we're located, uh, but yeah, it's 11 or 12 acres and multiple buildings. Um, the kids live now currently in two different cottages. Mm -hmm. The school and therapeutic offices are in another building. Okay. So there's two cottages that the students live in? Right now, yeah. Okay. Two of the, our previously occupied cottages are now the Autism and Developmental Center. So they're functioning as an outpatient autism assessment center, not part okay. of the residential program, but it is on campus with us. Okay. Uh, but we do have a soccer field, we have playgrounds, uh, we have a courtyard, uh, we have a picnic area where we have cookouts sometimes. Oh, fun. Um, gym. Yeah, so. I've seen the playgrounds. My, I mean, we've been on the facility for mm -hmm. my son visiting the um, Center Autism and Development Center. Mm -hmm. They always want to go in the playgrounds. So the yeah. playgrounds are great. I'm sure that's a big hit, especially for your younger patients. Now, do you typically get very young patients? Down to six. We do. Um, I don't trying to remember what our current youngest is. Uh, seven, seven. We have a seven-year-old yeah. right now. Um, but we do get them that young. Yeah, we, we tend to uh, focus, and for whatever reason, a large number of our referrals are around the uh, kind of prepubertal 10 to 12 age. Mm -hmm. We do really well with that population. Okay. Um, so we have a large number of kids in that age range. We have fewer older adolescents right now, um, but we do get some younger kids as well. Okay. So celebrating 35 years, that's huge. That's going to be a fun celebration. And I think a really rewarding celebration when you think of all the lives that you've been able to touch over the years. What have been some of the highlights for you guys as you've been there for so long? What are some moments that stick out to you or something along those lines? Well, sort of for me, you know, is when uh, we get those invites or notifications that uh, students are graduating. You know, oh, okay. working with them in the school program that, you know, they've struggled in their public school. Uh, they've struggled, you know, with services, as, as John's mentioned, through therapeutic day treatment services and so forth. And they come to us and, you know, we get that notification that they are graduating, which is, uh, you know, really does feel wonderful. Yeah, that's so encouraging. Yeah, year. and we, we do have a bell on campus that the kids have the opportunity to ring at the time of discharge. So Aww. anytime a kid is getting discharged and goes and rings the bell, uh, that's that's a pretty peak moment in any kid's treatment. Um, typically, the family is there to pick them up. 
and uh, they get to go out and there's a little informal ceremony when they ring the bell and get some applause and uh, get recognized for all the hard work that they've put yeah. in in their treatment and in therapy and for all the progress they've made. And that's the time that I think we most appreciate how far kids have come and we remember how things were when they arrived there yes. and just the amount of progress they've been able to make and that we have been able to offer them some help. Yeah, that's incredible. What about you, Mark? I think for me, it's uh, getting a call and you hear a kid say that they're doing well um, they're using their skills or family is also a part of it. And family members will send cards and let you know how, give you updates on how kids are doing. And you get the appreciation from the families when uh, the treatment has been successful. Yeah. Um, I had one youngster, that youngster called for about 15 years every month saying, you know, I'm still looking at the facts when, the thoughts of paranoid, which was a logo that um, he had to use in treatment. So it's always nice to hear yeah. that they're still using things that are part of what you taught them in their coping strategies. Yeah, very influential in their lives, I'm sure. So at the end of treatment, what what does that reintegration? You mentioned the ceremony, um, but what does it what is it like for? these patients to be sent out? How, do, how are they prepared to integrate back into, whether it's general education or just into the family unit? What does that look like? Well, each child has an individual plan of care. Uh, oh, okay. where, uh, areas of need, areas of focus are identified with goals, short-term objectives. And, you know, we look at them, uh, a child progressing through the treatment plan, uh, mm -hmm. uh, meeting the goals. Like you said, going on therapeutic passes to practice those skills at home. Okay. Um, and then, you know, looking at the transition, hopefully, uh, hopefully to home, hopefully to foster homes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, some to group homes. We've discharged many kids over the years to group homes. Okay. Yeah, and discharge is really about connecting them all with the services they're going to receive after they leave. Cray does a great job coordinating the educational placements with the local educational authority okay. and you know we're making sure that they're set up with their aftercare providers whether it be an outpatient therapist an in-home therapist yeah. a psychiatrist yeah. we make sure that they have all those appointments and services lined up after they leave okay so there is a plan in place and that's got to be encouraging for families who are watching this who may maybe are thinking this is this could be a fit that there is a plan to step into the program it sounds like there's a lot of community when they are there within the facility. And then also for them to step back into their life. It's not just a, you've got the tools, here you go. There, there are some things that are taken with them and even a plan in place for after they leave. That's encouraging to hear. So there, after 35 years, what are some goals moving forward or some things that you've learned over the 35 years that you want to implement in the future? One thing we're looking at is obtaining the official designation of being a uh, psychiatric qualified residential treatment program, um, which allows that we are taking care of things like providing trauma-informed care, which we do, but there are certain ways you have to prove that you're doing that I see. and apply for that official status. So that's one of the things we're hoping okay. to gain. Um, and increasing the incorporation of families involvement. There's a family's first movement to increase the amount of time that families are involved, whether visiting or with therapeutic passes or just coming to campus for activities. 
you know, unfortunately for the past year and a half or two, uh, COVID has put a lot of limitations mm -hmm. on the abilities of families to visit and come on campus, but things are opening up at this time. So yes. fortunately, we're going to be able to move forward with some of those plans because um, it really is about getting the families engaged and keeping them involved in the treatment of the kid. Yes. And that's important, I think, to state for those who are listening. This is not a separation in all ways of the child from the family unit. It is just a way for the family and the child to move forward, staying connected as much as possible, but in an environment that's going to be suitable for treatment. Okay. That's helpful. And, and typically what you'll do is you'll meet with the families and set up therapeutic passes and they will uh, have their goals set up and they'll go home for a day or two or, and mm -hmm. you get back in family and uh, go over how things went and collaborate with them on modifications that they need to do to make things better. Yeah. And so we, got past goal sheets that we will use and uh, most of the parents will fill out how things went and we just keep focused on trying to make the changes that are needed. Okay. What other goals do you think you would see or you hope for bridges in the future? Well, as John mentioned, the QRTP status, you know, and, and increasing uh, training, I guess, for all staff mm -hmm. in the uh, trauma-informed uh, model of care okay. is, uh, you know, one of the certainly big trends in our profession at this point. Mm -hmm. So we'll be working on getting the staff training for that and, and making the official, I guess, application. Okay. Hopefully. Sure. Another of the challenges we're facing is, uh, as across so many industries, there's been a fair amount of turnover during COVID and afterwards. So we have been talking recently about how many of our staff are young and fairly new. Um, so we're working on training them and getting them the tools that they need to provide the, the therapy services and the support that the kids need while they're there. Okay. So that's kind of a challenge as well as something we're looking to continue improving as we go forward. Yeah. And I think it's also pretty incredible that these caregivers have an opportunity to learn in such an incredible environment, especially with, it sounds like your patients are great. It sounds like there's a lot that they can glean from and share from and grow through along with the patients. Well, one thing that I know that we're doing in August is there's gonna be some celebration. What is that celebration gonna look like? That's a good question. <laughs> so maybe we won't talk about the celebration. Yeah, I don't know much about the details of the celebration. Not much has actually been announced. This podcast is actually the first concrete thing that, uh, that we've talked about doing as part of this 35th anniversary celebration. So we don't really know much about the details of the actual uh, celebration as it may be. Okay. At this point. Well, one thing I know we can tease a little is uh, we've got some pictures that we're going to put out on our social channels and it, it's a pretty thick book that's got, you know, 35 years of representation from Bridges. So before we close out, I do want to talk a little bit and I know it's a very intensive process, but for those who are thinking this could be a great fit for my family, or for this child in my life, how would they go about doing that? It, visit your website, get the ball rolling from there. Yeah, visiting the website is probably the best. Okay. Um, they can call Bridges. We have an admissions coordinator who can direct them to the community agencies that they may need to speak with to coordinate the admission and referral process. Okay. 
Yeah, because the referrals, you know, come from community-based organizations usually. Um, CSAs, oh, okay. Uh, sometimes the school systems make referrals to us. Uh, so, and, you know, just a side note is that we have served kids, uh, children, adolescents over my 32-plus years from probably almost 90% of the counties and cities in, on, uh, throughout the Commonwealth. Yeah. Our kids have come from... Wow. From the beaches to the mountains and uh, all in between. That's incredible. So yeah. it's not just our local community. No, There's a take, larger It's all over Virginia happening. right now. We don't, we're not currently admitting kids from out of state, but it's every part of Virginia, every corner of the state. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for the work that you all are doing and happy 35th anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> um, we're going to put a link in the description for those of you who want to know more about Bridges. And we're also going to throw out some pictures so that you can see a little bit of the history on our social channels. And so be sure to check that out. And thank you once again for joining us on Centriscripts.